And I know it's it seems weird. I'll occasionally have people say, um, dude, I looked at your photos. Can you like we've got some engagement pictures. Can you, you know, take our engagement pictures? And I'm like, um, yeah, I do better with, you know, dead people or, you know, <laughs> people that don't move. Like maybe we could try the your your shoot at the cemetery, you know, maybe we could start there. <laughs> Podcast Junkies episode 72. This week we speak to a super fan of the show, Patrick Keller of the Big Seance podcast. Patrick is someone who discovered the show um a couple months ago, maybe longer now. And I guess uh it's, it's his his nature when he finds something that he's passionate about, he dives in head first. And what he did was actually go listen to the whole back catalog which is amazing, which is awesome. And uh, very quickly, um, I would see that he was the first one to respond and uh, and make use of the retention hashtags. So I'm eternally grateful for um, all my fans and uh, the super fans just tend to stand out a bit more because um, they, they, they're they just really the, the lifeblood of this podcast and, it, and they're the reason why I do this show. So I've been following um, what he's been doing, and I thought it made sense at some point to get him on. So I'm happy we were able to make the time work and uh, talk about uh, his fascination with the paranormal and uh, his upbringing and uh, the big seance podcast. If you're new to the show, then what we do here is, without using magic, (laughs) there's nothing spooky about the fact that we just look for... um, we, as in, well, we put it together as in, as in the team that I have, but I think uh, I, I make it a point to try to have one-on-one relationships with people that come on the show because I want the conversation to sound uh, natural. I want the conversation to sound real. And I want you to feel like you're just uh, pulling up a chair next to us and um, virtually joining us as we're having our, our heart-to-heart conversation. So that's what happens on this show. And um, I'm glad you're along for the ride. So uh, stay tuned for the retention hashtag, and it should be funny to see if uh, Patrick uses the hashtag first for his own episode. So uh, we'll see what it is at the end of the episode after the interview. So enjoy my conversation with Patrick Keller of the Big Seance Podcast. Oh, and very quickly before I forget, uh, last week, in case you missed it, we spoke to Morgan Dix, a good friend of mine on the About Meditation website and uh his his podcast is amazing and if you don't have a podcast related to meditation you should definitely check out his but more importantly go listen to that episode uh episode 71 um it's a bit different than most um a bit more calm a bit bit more relaxed a bit more zen if you will and uh we had a lot of fun so check it out so mr patrick keller it's about time Long overdue that you become uh, part of the Podcast Junkies family. Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I, I'm pumped. When uh, when did you first hear about Podcast Junkies? I'm just curious. Um, I think it may have been actually Dave Jackson, maybe. Okay. I'm trying to think. Um, I, I think it was about a, a year ago. I wasn't in from the very beginning. Yeah. But... Um, you know, like most podcasts that I 
uh, become addicted to, I crammed through, you know, from the beginning. So I caught up fairly quickly, but I think it's been about a year that I've been listening, I think. Yeah, I remember um, one of your one of your your Twitter your tweets was like you found the podcast and then it was pretty clear to me at that point that you were starting to go through the whole catalog <laughs> as your stats went up like that week because I'm I, like what happened <laughs> this this is someone's like going through the whole list I'm fairly OCD and I'm I'm a late night person so okay. And I think it was also kind of over the summer I was preparing for school and getting ready. And so, you know, I crank them up and start working and wait for the hashtag. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then I, <laughs> <laughs> I think you've made some comments about how late I, I tweet them because they, I, they, I tend to be up late when I'm listening to it. <laughs> well, it's interesting because uh, it's one of those things where, um, you know, sometimes you don't know who's listening and, as 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 our shows grow, and you can tell me if you have experienced this as well, like we we start to have regular people that we literally like have in our minds. As you know, sometimes now that I'm talking to the episode, I've got folks like you, and you know, as a handful of hardcore part, I call them podcast junkies, junkies, and you know, they, <laughs> I, I kind of have them in my mind as I'm going through the show, and I feel like I it's good because it gives me the avatar that I can talk to. Um, as I'm doing the interview and then as I'm promoting it as well, like, uh, I'm always thinking about those things. Yeah. I call in my podcast, I call those my paranerds. Your paranerds. Okay. Yeah. And, and I stole your hashtag idea. We yes. call it the, we call it the parrot the paranerd hashtag yeah, please on do. my podcast. It was a genius idea. That's awesome. Well, I sort of borrowed it from my friend. Um, uh, shout out to Jesse Lawler of the Smart Drug Smarts podcast, episode six or seven, I think. Um, he called it he called it the ruthless retention gimmick. <laughs> Here's the other thing that I just realized. I just have to write this stuff down because if I don't write this stuff down, I'll forget. Uh, I'm going to start uh, referencing the hashtag at the top of the show. Oh, my gosh. Because that's the whole point, right? Say, hey, guys, and don't forget to stick stick around for... The- oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And then um, and then that'll just incent them to uh, say, okay, I want to hear what this is, or unless they want to literally forward to the end and just hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always wondered if people do that. Or I, 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 after I tweet, I'm like, I wonder if he thinks I just did that. I wonder if he thinks I just, you know, <laughs> jumped to the end and listened. So... Uh, do you think it's an aspect of your personality that you are? I, so I had a conversation early on with John Lee Dumas, and he said uh, a lot of people who listen to podcasts are—I um, forgot what the phrase was that he used—but it was some something like a completist or something like that. Like, and, and you alluded to it, you know, maybe just being OCD. But it, is there something in your nature where you feel like once you've found something, if it's something that you like, that you really have to get like the whole story behind it, and, and that's what drives you listening to the other episodes? Yeah, and I, I um I very even it kind of like a book, you know. If even if it's a book that I'm totally not resonating with, like I have this thing where if I started the book, yeah. I have to, and I have to read physical books by the way because I have to have the whole the shelving ceremony where you're like oh and and place it on the shelf. So even if I mean I have to finish those things, um, and if I if I find a podcast that I'm listening to and I have a zillion, you know, like a lot of us podcasters, we probably, you know, you do have to weed some out yeah. every now and then. But um I do, even if I am not really digging it at the moment, I feel like I have to give it a good 
five, six episodes, <laughs> you know, before I kind of make that clean cut. But it is kind of an obsessive thing to a trait, I guess. It's an it's an interesting um, point that you made because it seems like um, my my filter um, for podcasts is getting more and more refined because there's so much great content coming on board that I feel like um, I can almost I it, maybe it comes from my DJ experience as well because I, I used to play music and and buy music and and vinyl was pretty expensive back in the days so mm-hmm. I would literally have this just really good skill at just dropping the needle on like three points in the vinyl and just really quickly saying no 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 and just go through it through it like that because you know I, I don't have all day to to spend in the store and I don't have the money to buy these like you know these are like seven eight dollar vinyls and I'd be buying like <laughs> twenty or thirty at a pop so mm-hmm. you know uh, occasionally I'd get a lemon but you know as long as the, the the record the turntable was in the store I'd be queuing it up and and now I find I have that discerning ear with uh, podcasts as well like you know you can tell right away if someone's taking it seriously or not right and so I'm wondering if that's what you like you you do when you're trying to figure out which ones stay and which ones go. Yeah, I definitely have. Um, I don't know what, I don't know how uh, many, if, if too many podcasts about podcasting is unhealthy because I, I listen to a lot of them yeah. and after a while you're like, Oh my God, do I really like why? Like, but I am just to get addicted to them and I love it. And then just listening to what's, what's hot at the moment and what people are doing and so I have like my different categories and then I think most people have, you know, they have some that are kind of, they're there for like background or they're there for to, uh, relaxing or, um, you know, on the car ride. And, yeah. and, uh, so it kind of just depends on, I guess what I'm doing, um, you know, what mood I'm in, but definitely the, <laughs> I don't know what the, the podcasts about podcasting always shoot to the top. <laughs> of my list even before the like really super produced like awesome ones i'm like no yeah and i use overcast so i've got a podcasting section and they all go in there as well and so yeah i hear what you're saying because they could a lot of times they overlap on the topic but it's the person it's the combination of the personality and the topic together that makes them so engaging like i listen to you know she podcasts with elsie and and, uh-huh. and jessica hilarious right and dave jackson he's he's funny as well and then uh-huh you know and then i listen to daniel's occasionally and daniel j lewis from audacity to podcast uh for those who don't know and uh you know his 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 delivery is a little drier but he's really he's got a lot of like tips and tricks and, and then thorough yeah very <laughs> thorough and then the showrunner um and just there's the Eric K. Johnson's podcast town coach. Like there's so many that I listen to sometimes. And quite honestly, I blaze through them at two X because I have to, but uh, yeah. And then sometimes they bring on different guests. And so that's, it's just interesting. And it's, and in a way for me, it's, it's like I'm part of that community. And so it's a way for me to support them. And, and, and every once in a while, I get surprised with a name drop as well. Like I was listening to podcast junkies. I'm like, Oh, I'm tweeting that. I'm telling them, I want to let them, I want to let them know that I heard that. So we should like get them together and have we should like do some like trivia podcasts about podcasting trivia and see <laughs> who wins how many points we'd get are you going to try to make it to podcast movement you know what i've never been to one of these any kind of podcast convention and it's um chicago i'm in st louis area and okay. i mean it's still a trip yeah. but if i ever got to one i think that would be 
that would be probably my best bet. So I'm considering it. I I would I would love to I, I love th- to. I, I think you gotta. And, and the thing is, like, once you do it, like, what, once you attend the first one, you mm-hmm. very quickly realize that, like, those are your peeps, man. <laughs> that's wow, your, that's your tribe. And the three days go by so fast because mm-hmm. everyone's like, you know, pumped um, and just in the mood to like chat. And it's the only place you can go to like have discussions about your downloads one day, your microphone the next day, <laughs> like your Google, your, your Twitter strategy, like the other day. And, and, and <laughs> Calls not, to action. Yeah. <laughs> PDFs and like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and hashtags and all, all the stuff that only we think about and drives you know the people uh-huh. in our in our house crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we geek out, man. That's our tribe, and they and they're speaking our language. <laughs> so it's cool. Yeah, if you can make it, uh, by all means. Uh, yeah, I can uh, um, imagine. It's I I've been to a lot of music teacher <laughs> conventions, yeah. and so I tried to I tried to imagine a really hopped up music teacher convention even though i think probably the music teacher conventions are a little different kind of nerd but uh i think it 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 sounds really fun i would love to go so how long you been a uh, music teacher uh this is my 14th year at i sometimes call myself a 14 year survivor (laughs) of (laughs) being a middle school so are you like uh are you like jack black school of rock Oh, I'm probably not that cool, and I'm and I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, even subdivide that nerdiness even more because I'm a choir teacher. That's kind of where I started okay. out. Um, I've also taught piano, um, and then I was kind of telling you earlier. I am so pumped, and my life—it sounds totally cheesy. My life has totally been changed this year because, um, you know, for 13 years I taught the same two classes, exactly the same. 13 years. All of a sudden, this year, um, we have a new what we call music production and technology class. We call it MPT. And I was very involved. There's three of us in for two years kind of developing this curriculum, which doesn't really exist anywhere, you know. So kind of going from the ground up, but using GarageBand and kind of, you know, um, I'll use Audacity in my class a little and just audio editing techniques. Of course, I had to throw a podcasting unit in there. Love it. Um, uh, doing some like digital storytelling, kind of reading rainbow type things and, you know, like some speech remixing stuff. And, uh, it's really been a big hit and, oh my gosh, it has like changed my, um, work life. Like it's kind of, it's kind of gotten me excited again. And it's, it's my podcasting world. I feel like can kind of, you know, verge in with my you know, uh, daily work world. And I've never felt so techy in my entire life. And you know why? Because my kids, I assumed would be teaching me about a lot of the stuff in this cool new lab with like IMAX and stuff. Yeah. And, um, I had no clue. I would be teaching them how to use a straight up like chunky computer because they're so used to like iPads and touch screens and, and they get in there the first day. I'm all pumped. I've, you know, we've been preparing for this for two years and they're like, Oh, a mouse. Okay. What? Or like, you know, um, I'm like, okay guys, you put the file in the folder and you go to <laughs> save as, and they're like, okay, what? And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you guys really don't know this. Do you? So of course now I've learned that every quarter, we have to have, you know, computer 
101 <laughs> before yeah. we even get to the cool stuff. So they're like, Mr. Keller, you know a lot of stuff. <laughs> You're cool. And I'm like, well, no, not really. But to you, I'm pretty techie when it comes to these old school computers. So your your um, your other hobby slash passion is uh, photographing uh, cemeteries. Oh, I haven't been in a while, but yes, I am about. I guess it was about two years ago. I got a new camera. I mean, I have no training for sure, and uh, totally another thing. Once again, got obsessed with it, and I can spend easy. Uh, Two hours, probably, just walking around a cemetery, and it's just kind of a very, uh, you know, I know you would get this. It's kind of like a meditation, you know, to me, and you just get in your place and your mode, and uh, you just lose track of time. It could be in the dead of winter. It could be, you know, 20 degrees out. Um, I just love it, and it's hard now to find the time to do it, Um, but... And I know it's it seems weird. I'll occasionally have people say, um, dude, I looked at your photos. Can you like we've got some engagement pictures. Can you, you know, take our engagement pictures? And I'm like, um, yeah, I do better with, you know, dead people or, you know, <laughs> people that don't move. Like maybe we could try the your your shoot at the cemetery, you know, maybe we could start there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, because that's a lot of I mean it's a lot of trial and error. I don't know what I'm doing. I just, you know, I uh I do <laughs> the best I can. But I love it. Well, I saw those pictures and 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 I mean um you know, I'll, I'll point folks to the site and the show notes, but the, they're amazing. Um and I could tell and, and and you could tell, like, you took a lot of time to take them. Um, and I totally understand, like, the contemplated, con- I know I knew I was going to screw that word up, contemplative <laughs> nature of, uh-huh. of you know, you, just you and the camera. And, you know, if there's not a lot of people around, it's it's just, you know, relaxing for you to be doing that. Yeah. I mean, I've had people say, oh, take me with you. Or, you know, um, the next time you go, give me a call. And, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, I kind of don't want to. It's kind of... <laughs> It's kind of my thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have to have my, my focus. Um, <laughs> so in terms of tying that in, because obviously the, the Big Seance, um, the website started first and then you started podcasting after. But did the interest, you know, I imagine there's there's some correlation between the Big Seance uh, website and uh, your interest and your fascination with cemeteries. So... Is this overall interest in, in, I guess you'd call it the occult? I don't know how to, how to the broadcast. Um, I usually be. use the word paranormal, paranormal rather than the occult kind of scares people. Yeah. And sometimes people have a misunderstanding of it. Like, like, you know, we're all devil worshipers yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So where did the, uh, where, where do you remember the, the moment in time where the interest in the paranormal started? Um, it's actually like most people that are in, you know, uh, such a giant paranormal nerd would have this story that goes back to their childhood or this paranormal experience. And, and I don't have that experience. And mine is even nerdier because um, a lot of people wouldn't admit this or won't admit it. But, you know, 2008 is really kind of when it all, uh, well, maybe even a little earlier than that, but um, Ghost Hunters. You know the the paranormal oh, yeah. TV show. Yeah. 
Um, it was a combination of that show coming out, um, which is a little, you know, that's a little shame based right there. That's a little embarrassing, but the ghost hunters <laughs> coming out. And then there was a book that I found, um, I think at, um, borders or Barnes and Noble by, um, James Van Prague. And it was ghosts among us. And I think it was just in some bargain bin or something. And, um, you know, I read it and it just, it's really dorky, but oh my gosh, it so just changed things. And so then from there, I was also in a time period where I was just getting into reading. I never, ever, ever read growing up. And so I remember about that time I had just had a year where I read like a book a week for a year and it was all oh. fiction, fiction stuff. And uh, after that book, after that Ghosts Among Us book, that like fiction's out the window, you know, now all of a sudden I'm reading books uh, by psychics and mediums, constantly paranormal investigation topics. Um, there for a while, I kind of went into kind of a more spiritual kind of meditation, um, channeling kind of, I just, every book, couple of books, I just changed to this new, you know, paranormal area where I was wanting to learn more about. And that's what started the fascination. I don't, people will ask me if I had experiences when I was little and I don't think I ever did. I mean, I never lived in a haunted house um, or anything like that, um, but it just started. And then I um, started a paranormal team, you know, in 2010. And so we had, I mean, we had some experiences there, but um, it just very intense for a couple of years, just the passion. And, uh, you know, I've slowed down with a lot of that stuff, but I mean, I still now with the podcast, that's kind of my outlet. I want to, I'm still looking for answers and, and, um, talking to different people involved in the paranormal. When did you decide, um, that this is something, cause I, this, it's one thing to have like an interest or a hobby and you consume everything you can about a particular topic. And then you decide you have a point of view right on it. And that mm -hmm. I, I imagine uh, would lead to, to something like, you know, creating the blog, which is what you did. And is that what happened that you felt like you, you wanted to add like your, your take on this? You know, I seriously, it's weird. Like I, it, like we've been talking about, I, I obsessed about it and I really, really jumped in. Um, and once I commit to something like that, I, I really do jump in, but um, I, I guess it was kind of, kind of a spiritual shift that I was having too at that time. And so um, it was just wanting to know a lot of answers. Um, I've talked before, you know, I, I grew up in um, a, uh, not necessarily a very religious household, but, you know, grew up in a Southern Baptist church and, uh, you know, so you've got this kind of fairy tale picture of heaven and hell and, you know, all these stories. And, you know, when I uh, started getting into high school and I was very involved in the church, I, I was a, a musician all the way through college and churches. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? You know, and you start using your own brain. And uh, so, I mean, that kind of, I guess, started it a little bit. And uh, so there's just kind of this awkward kind of I'm not sure what I what I know and what I believe. And then all of a sudden, 2008 and this time period, it's like, OK, all right, I, this I can resonate with this. You know, this is uh, this sounds good. 
And, um, you know, I, especially with psychics and mediums, like I would read the book and I'd, I'd want to know what the afterlife was like, what was life like on the other side. And, um, it's kind of, it was kind of frustrating for a while and I got burned out because you want to find that one answer. And when, you know, you read 15 different books by 15 psychics and they each say a different thing. And then you're like, uh, yeah, <laughs> I want to yeah. know what happens and you're each telling me something different. But, um, you know, I think, um, my current kind of theory is that it is what we all think it's going to be or what we plan on it to be. I don't know. And I'm not an intellectual at all, but um, I don't know. That's what I would, that's what I would like to think. And I probably just went four miles past your answer. No, no, your no. question you asked me. <laughs> no, I mean, like, and the questions are always a starting off, a uh, jumping off point. Um, and obviously you, you can take them and you answer them in a way that, I think resonates more with you, which is, I think, even more important. So then uh, you, you had the blog for a while. And then um, I imagine based on what you were, you were consuming podcasts at the time. And what, what was the impetus to feel like um, you wanted to start your own show on the same topic? Well, um, 2008 was also a, a year where um, I had just met my partner at the time. And he he's a pretty techie dude, and uh, he was listening to some podcasts. And I'm like, okay, what what are those? What are podcasts? And I also remember he had an he had an iPhone at the time, like the very first iPhone. And you know, I was rocking my iPod Shuffle, I think, <laughs> then. And uh, and he, he you know he knew I was into the paranormal, and even though he would roll his eyes, but he knew I was into it. And uh, he said, well, you know, there's this. I think there's this paranormal podcast or something that's out there or i don't know he may not have known it may not have known a specific one but um and i don't know exactly how it happened but so for several years the only podcast i ever knew about or listened to was the paranormal podcast with jim harold and so that i've said several times that was podcasting you know to me and so really in those early days and it wasn't the beginning he was i think in it in 2005 but, you know, I caught up with that podcast, too. But um, I would wait. I would wait for a whole week. And that was my relaxation, you know. And it would drive me nuts waiting for the next episode. And um, it wasn't until probably, oh, my gosh, probably like uh, three years ago that I started listening to other podcasts gradually. Um, two years ago, for sure, is when I just started filling up the Overcast app and um, really listening. And... It was Jim Harold actually one day on on Facebook. He had a at the time um, a podcast course, mm-hmm. and I saw it. And I remember, and I assuming that he's not even reading or not even checking it out or anything. And I made a comment like, "Hey, this is kind of cool," and, and he encouraged me. And I was like, um, "Well, I'm not sure I'd ever really thought about it seriously, but when he encouraged me, I was like, I guess that's all the." That's all the, you know, encouragement I need. That's it. And so that summer, you know, teacher summers, I, I crammed through uh, the course, which was awesome, really, and um, took notes. I didn't take, too, like, um, I did take a couple of months where I just kind of planned, and then all of a sudden I just, I jumped in, and there for a while I was doing weekly episodes. And as you, you know, start, I getting to the point where I'm getting so produced 
for me that, I mean, I can't do weekly anymore. It's like a, every, it's like a two week thing, but, um, I do. I enjoy it. That's where I, I mean, I sit down too much. I'm sitting here right in front of the computer all the time, have no life, <laughs> but, uh, I love it. Well, it's funny. I mean, you say you have no, you know, life, but I'm sure you've, uh, started to experience this thing that happens when you when you start a podcast and you start to find the people that resonate with your show um, and then they start to reach out to you whether it's in social media or some feedback page that you some feedback section that you have on your page um, or even something as simple as an iTunes review and you know you think like where where were these people or who are these people and and you know this is amazing and then they like what i do and it's this affirmation and you know you this feeling you know there's this almost one of the first tipping points as a podcaster i think is when you realize you're not doing this in a vacuum and i'm wondering if uh mm-hmm. if, if you you had some of those moments um that you're conscious of as as the show was growing yeah i did and i i've i was fortunate enough to have that blog first yeah you know so i did kind of retain um i mean there's i have no clue what the audience would have been other than wordpress stats but i mean i did have quite a few supporters and friends from the blog follow me um pretty quickly to the podcast and you know i think back to you mentioned it earlier and i've heard a lot of podcasters say that when you get your name you know mentioned on another podcast and it is like really like the president of the United States just said your name and you're like, shut up. Yes. And I'm doing the dishes or something and like screaming. And uh, so I think part of me was like, that's really cool. And um, and I mean, I've I've heard from people saying, you know, thank you. This, you know, this really meant a lot or um, I've really needed kind of this um, outlet or, you know, different things. And so. Um, even though I think like most podcasters, we don't get as much feedback and communication as we would like. Um, it's enough to make me think, you know, people, there are people that are, are, uh, depending on, not necessarily depending on it, but waiting for it and, and, and really kind of needing it for whatever reason, which is cool. Yeah. I've, um, you probably, uh, may have remembered not obviously which episode, but uh, the fact that I I sort of doubled down on my commitment. Um, I think it was earlier this year because I just had this sort of aha moment where I said, uh, if I don't take it seriously, how can I expect the listener to think that, that this is something that they should be investing their time in? And so it used to be like, oh, it would come out and it would come out sometime during the week or maybe it'd skip a week. And then I realized there's something that there's this switch that happens when you hold yourself accountable and you or in, and in my case publicly declare that okay, you know uh, by hook or by crook I'm going to try to get these out every week and sometimes it's Monday morning sometimes it's Monday evening, <laughs> occasionally super early Tuesday but yeah I mean I have this set schedule in mind that's I have a commitment, obviously a to myself but but then to my um my small and growing group of diehard fans I'm like they they like hearing the episodes i get more and more feedback and that sort of drives you right and it drives you and it pushes you on those days when you're like oh what am i doing this for who am i doing this for it's not like i'm john lee dumas and making a quarter of a million dollars you know a month on my podcast but <laughs> but uh i think 
if we first do it for the passion and we do it with a the commitment, then I think there's some part of the listener that resonates with that. And they said, oh, he, this, he's taking it seriously. And if he's showing up, then like I'm going to show up to consume it is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Did you find that that was the... Uh, did you find or did you have a moment in your show where you were you, you had that that same thought about committing to being more regular with the episodes? Um for me uh I was actually more regular not necessarily in in putting the show out on the same day each week or anything like that but when I was having the show weekly at the beginning and then you know um I mean, I'm pretty busy with just, you know, my one nerdy teaching job. And there's, as a music teacher, you know, there's those times of year where you're really stressed or you're really busy. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, I really, I can't, I can't do this. You know, I'm going to, you know, go crazy. And it, it really, um, it drove me nuts cutting back. And, and then there are those times where, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, there's either times of stress uh, I always want my podcast to be just kind of um, authentically what's going on in my paranormal world at the moment. And so there are some times when, you know, I've been in my car or doing activities with school or concerts or whatever. And I come home and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got a podcast to come. I'm like, man, what's going on paranormal? I'm just kind of <laughs> <laughs> looking around and I, I feel like I've got to find something. But um yeah, I mean, it just kind of depends on what time of year it is. But I I loved doing the podcast weekly. That was that was really fun. But like, you know, we talked about earlier, as things get more and more produced, and that's how people are liking things. Um, I mean, I'm enjoy and I enjoy doing that. I enjoy, you know, editing out every breath. And, <laughs> you know, I, li I do, you know, I will listen to my episodes like three or four times by the time I'm done kind of deciding what it's going to be. And, uh, and I, I put a lot of, of time into it and, um, you know, and it's like, man, I wish I could do this <laughs> yeah, well, weekly or more regularly, consistently, I guess. Because uh, I don't know what my next episode is going to be at this that's point. Funny. <laughs> Lately, that's what it's been. Um, well, it you do, you, you do have, you've been, ha um, you've had some good guests and I'm wondering, obviously, I, and since mine is purely interview driven, I know what it takes to sort of plan ahead and you have to send out like the 20 invites to get back the 10 responses and the five commitments <laughs> and the two reschedules and like the two uh -huh. that, that stick. So it's, it's like a, uh, like a funnel, like a sales funnel. But, um, is that something that you're, you, you try to mix in solo episodes with the guests or is something, is that something that's always in the works? Like trying to find the next guest right now. Um, I've kind of slacked in that area. Like I need to sit down and I need to, I've gotten some um, suggestions by some listeners. And unfortunately a lot of the suggestions people have are like bigger names yeah. that I'm most likely not, I'm not going to get, you know, uh, Jason and Grant from Ghost Hunters or, you know, all of those people. Nope. Never seen that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> all you got, At least anytime soon. <laughs> well, all you got, you know, it's, you know, it's funny, Patrick. All you have to do, yeah, and I'm huge on um, just kind of intention and law of attraction and putting it out to the universe. And sometimes you just got to put the tweet out and just say, hey, whenever you're ready, you know, and just tag them on Twitter. Um, I, I'm open for you on the show. And then just do that, you know, put a reminder, tweet that out 
once every six months. And you just someone, <laughs> you know, what? it's the weirdest thing. But someone who's a friend of someone who's a fan of the show, who's a cousin with someone who like slept in the guy's guest house or something, is going to be like, oh, <laughs> you know. And don't even try to predict like what the the, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon is. It'll and it just it'll work itself out. So I, I mean, just put them out there and. That's why I say, say it on, say it, let me know here. Just, I want it, I want it to hit the airwaves because <laughs> I want to. <laughs> well, you know, now once this podcast junkies episode is out, we'll see. Maybe all of a sudden the word will be out. Yes. <laughs> and so what, what are, like, what are your, your, your big fish? We all have our big fish, right? I'm, I'm going after Roman Mars and just in case he's listening. And uh, I wouldn't mind having <laughs> Joe Rogan on and Tim Ferriss and, you know, a couple other heavy hitters. So. <laughs> At some point. Well, that that's it for me. It would be um, there's this for paranormal people, um, and there are different camps, I guess. And there are the people that absolutely got started by paranormal TV and love paranormal TV, but won't TV, but won't admit it. You know, uh, for me, that would be it. There's this mystery surrounding all of these really popular and successful paranormal reality shows. You know, are some of uh, is part of it scripted? Um, is it really real? Did they, do they have people really going around and investigating for them? And then they just are in the shots. Are they really there for three days? Is it, you know, there's just, and no, it's so weird. It seems to be so secretive. And I mean, really, I mean, the paranormal is huge right now, but it's not, you know, like the biggest, uh, uh, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but it's, yeah, it's not the biggest genre in the world. So it's not like they... You know, they could talk, but I don't, uh, they don't. I don't know if it's a contract thing or, <laughs> or that, what that, it is. That just adds more mystery to it, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what are they hiding? <laughs> you know, but I always, uh, you know, the paranormal, I call it the paranormal craze right now that we've been in for a little more than a decade. The paranormal, now, paranormal And uh, I'm like, you know, this craze is going to kind of end or slow down one of these days. And uh, when it does, you know. One of them, <laughs> I'm going to get one of them or, uh, you know, and, and get them talking, you know, they might be in, in a, uh, you know, paranormal retirement home for <laughs> reality stars in 20 years or something it might be there, but, uh, that's probably one of my bigger fish right there. And, and there's many of them at this point, you know, there's three or four bigger shows. It would be nice. And I think a lot of paranormal fans would would so be there ready to hear their answers well i think there's so much opportunity to mix things up i mean like top of mind i'm a child of the 80s so i, I when i think paranormal like for the first i think uh movie that i think of is poltergeist uh-huh. and so you know that movie was ben that scared the shit out of me when i was <laughs> I, I was like this that Clown, obviously everyone hates clowns but the clown under the bed and the it was just mm-hmm. crazy like um at the time and and i think it holds up rather well and and uh, i'll never forget that scene where she's running down the hallway and they do the camera panning dolly yeah, thing where yeah, it looks yeah. like <laughs> uh-huh. that was like i think that's the very first time i ever saw that effect in a movie where they're running down the hallway but it looks like they're being pulled back it's, it's really crazy um and so you could like interview some of those actors, and the other one was the Blair Witch Project, which is kind of paranormal, right? I'm not sure, but you know what? I love that movie, and people make fun of me for that. It's one of my almost every fall I watch. Oh yeah, <laughs> Blair Witch Project. I mean, I, there's so 
it was like a, a trendsetter it kind was. of with this. What's the the style they call the found found footage? Oh yeah, yeah movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that that got it started. You know, and it was all like improv. I mean, shut up. That's cool. It was, but it was. Um, I mean, the internet was still it was was picking up then, and I think now it would be debunked faster. But at the time, people didn't know what to make of it, and they were just mm-hmm. like, "Is this real? Is this not real?" And the buzz was like, "It's real," and they found it, and they were like, "Holy shit, this is crazy!" Yeah, and I um, I didn't see it before everybody found out, so I saw it after everybody knew, and still it it fascinated me, and I remember. Uh, at the time, gosh, there was this huge website at the time, and I remember also seeing some interviews with uh, the main girl, I forget her name, in that movie, and just going through the process of how they filmed it. And, you know, they would they would give them, like, cards or something with, like, <laughs> their inspiration and, like, some – their next step that they had to make, but they had to keep it secret from each other, you really? know. And, and so it was – part of it was planned, but a lot of it was just – you know, here's your character. We're going to scare you later on tonight. Let's see. <laughs> Get in the tent. Go to sleep. <laughs> We're going to come scare you. Camera's on. Ready to go. You know, that's, that's ge- kind of cool. That's genius because I I didn't, I hadn't even read about that, but I, it's, it's, it's great to think that someone was thinking like outside the box, like I got to come up with different ideas because nowadays it's so hard to like scare people and the Saw movies are ridiculously like gory. I don't even watch those because it's like over the top. Like how much, how much more blood and gore do you need to show? So occasionally a movie comes along like um, the cabin, which I thought, I don't know if you've seen that, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it takes a lot to kind of shock us these days because, and, and sometimes the truth is much stranger than the fiction. <laughs> right. I am, um, I am all about the old school haunted movies, you know, like a, a haunted house movie, um, you know, the classic ghost. And the, the more CGI is a part of the movie, like the less I follow it. Yeah. And I, um, you know, there was a time growing up maybe when I was um, into more of the gore uh um, But I mean, now, I mean, God, I can't stand the blood and guts. I'm like, that's just, uh. It's it's and maybe it's, it's just being old now, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I like it's, the it's, it's, the sound effects in the old school scare. Yeah, it's it's almost uh, an easy way out. The blood and the gore is like the shock values is really easy that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm wondering um, the the other the other angle you could take on the guest is to go after like Melissa McCarthy because she's going to be in Ghostbusters, and obviously Ghostbusters is a paranormal movie. Oh. There you go. I need to be taking notes now. Um, I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> yeah, she's hilarious. So I mean, the, she is hilarious. You could think about the movies and, and even like the parodies of the movies. I think um, you know to the extent that people don't take themselves too seriously, and you know, they could come on and just shoot the shit about that. Uh huh. Yeah, I guess I kind of thought about it. Uh, you know, a lot of paranormal folks or or Halloween nerds, because I'm one of those too. Um, you know, there's this new kind of uh, thing with Hocus Pocus, you know, the Hocus Pocus is now this new classic, you know, movie that even like I can mention Hocus Pocus to my kids now. And they're like, oh, yeah, we love that movie. And, you know, I was in middle school when that movie came out. And so I considered 
um, this year seeing, oh my gosh, can I get some of these <laughs> folks <laughs> from this old Hocus Pocus movie? I thought that would have been cool, but um, you know, I didn't do that either. But that <laughs> <laughs> what, Something what, like that would have been cool. Maybe one of these days. If they're listening, if you're an old Hocus Pocus actor slash actress, contact me. I don't. Uh, I don't remember that movie. What was that about? Um, that was the one with um, Bette Midler, and you know, it was the three witches, the Sanderson sisters, um, in Salem. Okay. But uh, you know, it was they came back into modern day. Um, there was the cat. Oh, I mean, it was just it's just perfect Halloween cheese. It's Disney. Pretty sure it's Disney, and uh, um, Jessica Jessica. Sarah Jessica Parker was okay. one of the witches and um Kathy Jimmy. Oh and, yeah. And oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, it is such a good homework. Yeah. Come on, Harry. That sounds like uh the craft. I mean it's well kind of the same kind of, you know, feel, but you know, it's on cable like eleven hundred times a week in the fall. So you need to check it out next fall. It'll be on. Yeah, I think I it, that's one of those. That, that's one of those ones you put in the queue, and with with the holiday season coming up and the breaks and everything like that, you just get get caught up on all those sorts of movies. Mm-hmm. Yep, right. Right along with like the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, all those. That's hocus pocus. Um, I'm wondering if there's an aspect to your childhood that was um, had something to do with performance, because a lot of the folks that I speak to, you know, they, there's there's something about them that this, this creative itch that they want to scratch and. You know, myself, it was DJing, as I've talked about a lot of times on the show. And I'm wondering if there's uh, if there was something similar for you that you can recall. Are you psychic? <laughs> are you sure? You might be. It is. It is. Um, it, I, it is. We are covering the paranormal, so. <laughs> we are. Um, actually, yeah. I, um, I mean, I've been many kinds of nerds growing up. But uh, I was very into dance growing up. Um, I was in... I was in a small, fairly small high school, and so I was able to do it all. You know, a lot of people can't do that. I was in band, choir, drama. I did speech tournaments and um, plays and musicals. And I can't believe I'm going to admit this now, but I was so hardcore with, like, certain things. My dad and my parents are, like, the greatest, greatest parents in the world that um, they went with anything that I went with. My father, and I don't know how many fathers would do this, but we lived in the country, had a big backyard. My father painted a freaking football field in my backyard so that I could march around on my football (laughs) field because I was obsessed with the marching band for many years. And uh, not because, you know, his son wanted to play football, but because he wanted to march on the football field pretending he was in a marching band. So that uh, they rolled with anything like that. I, I was in dance for several years and, you know, always been a music nerd. I did some a few regional theater things, you know, when I was cute before, you know, middle school happened. And uh, so you're right. So that's a, that's an amazing story that, that your, your dad is awesome. That The fact that he, he did that for you, um, I think a lot of times... Uh, parents, for better or for worse, I think maybe they 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 try to steer their kids in a direction where they feel like they'll they'll fit in, and they and they don't let them branch out 
um, and discover things on their own. Because, at, you know, on, at, when we're young, we don't know what the hell we want to do. And we just want to try everything. And I see it with my nieces a lot. So kudos to your dad to like, like, like uh, fanning those, those, flames of like creativity and 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 that's that's an amazing like tip for any you know up and coming uh parents and just like um let let your kids to the you know as much as and as, and as long as possible do whatever floats their boat absolutely i mean there were i another story i remember is um i remember we went some one week and we went to some water slides some place that had water slides and so of course that weekend i decided you know, Dad, I am building a water slide. We are going to have a water park. I promise you I'm going to build this water park. We are going to be famous. Awesome. He's like, okay, cool. Shovel's over there in the corner. And, you know, so I, on the side of his house, am digging this trench. You know, I didn't get very far. Yeah. But I'm starting to dig this trench. And, you know, they're just like, okay, well, you know, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just let me figure out that, you know, this is really kind of silly. But, uh it was cool while it while the idea lasted, you know, things like that. Yeah, for, for like the first uh, two hours that you were digging, and then you're like, uh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. But but I will tell you that I had the exact same idea when I was younger. Shut up, really? <laughs> so, so we had um, these woods in the back of our of our house. It wasn't like big. It was just like the 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 distance of like a, a lot where you where eventually like a home went up later and my father regrets not buying it because now the home is ugly and it sits behind his house <laughs> but at the time it was like um it was sloped up that and it would head on up to the next street and you know i wish we, we did the typical in the woods things build a tree house um and play around there but one of the and the, but we had a pool in our backyard so naturally I already had like the landing pad for the water slide. It was going to be the pool, <laughs> so I was I was like, yes, we could build a we could build a water slide and charge admission, and then people people would just enter at the top and they would land in our pool and you know like we charge them like fifty cents a, a slide or something. Obviously, I was trying to like make money. I don't know why the hell I was trying to make money out of it, but um, it's so funny <laughs> that you mentioned that because I remember thinking about like if I if I I don't know had a couple of uh, other partners in crime for that. I think we might have actually given it a go. Yeah, I was I was going to build a bridge too. We had a lake behind our house. It wasn't our lake, but there was a lake and you know, I was going to build this massive you know, like four-lane highway across the la- I mean, where I wasn't even like a, a a a typical boy. I mean, I would not have known how to even, you know, do anything like that. I don't know what I thought, but we also had like um I, I was fortunate enough to have, I was basically given the attic yeah. to our house and uh, it was my bedroom for a while. But before that, it was just the playroom. We had haunted houses up there. Uh, you know, we would uh, force, you know, our parents to go up there and they'd, you know, roll their eyes, do it and be like, yay. Okay. And then it was done. You know, we'd spend all summer, you know, getting ready for it. Um, I had a school up there. My little sister, my poor little sister would always have to. Um, they'd send her up there every day in the summer to go do school. I'd blow all my um, allowance and Christmas money and go buy office supplies and teacher, <laughs> nerdy teacher things and <laughs> do school. And I don't know. I was, um, I guess, just always very creative that way. And um, I guess creative mixed with <laughs> obsessive. Uh, yeah, I guess that's just what you do. 
<laughs> yeah, well, no, it's 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 interesting because um, I mean, you and then you later became a teacher, which I think is is funny. Yeah, yeah, and I and I uh, there was a time when I actually uh, my freshman year of undergrad, I actually was a music composition major. So um, there was this time where I think I always knew I would probably be a teacher, but um, when I got to you know I was in my composition classes and. And here I am going, um, well, everybody else in the class is like, okay, cool. I, I made this really awesome piece and it's for like, you know, chainsaw and flute. And there's this other guy going, yeah, man. And I made this, you know, atonal thing. Da, da, da. And uh, I'm like, um, yeah, I've got this, you know, piano song. It's got like, you know, harmony sounds like John Williams, you know, it's pretty. And they're like, oh, oh, okay, nice. And I was like, I don't fit in here. <laughs> and so I decided to go ahead and <laughs> do, I think, what um, I, I knew I would be a teacher. I didn't know what it would be. You know, I had so I was into band and choir and drama. I knew it was going to be something in the arts and uh, eventually, you know, landed in vocal music. Where where was home growing up? Home was outside of Kansas City in a in a small Civil War battle town. You know, a town of 5,000, Lexington, Missouri, not Lexington, Kentucky, which a lot of people think, but Lexington, Missouri. Um, Cute little town. Of course, I didn't think about it now. Now now I appreciate it a lot more, but uh, a small town, lots of history, cool buildings, lots of haunted places, I'm sure. Uh, It's about three hours from here. I get there often, uh, not often enough is what I was trying to say uh, you said civil war like civil war reenactments yeah like there was a, a two-day battle i think the battle of lexington and we have a there's a one of the oldest um courthouses still in use in in the state i think and uh or maybe the country i don't know but our big <laughs> this is really funny um our big claim to fame is that there's a cannonball stuck in one of the pillars of the the courthouse and there's this even in a small town there's like this mystery where some people are like no no it's not like right i always thought that it was a croquet ball it's like this croquet (laughs) ball because they took the cannonball down because you don't want that to fall down on somebody and so part of the town is like no 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 it's a croquet ball and the other town part of the town's like no it's still the cannonball the cannonball's up there and so it's like like anybody cares really but i mean it's uh have you ever seen have you ever seen Waiting for Guffman? That Christopher no, Guest movie? No, 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 I haven't. I heard oh my gosh, that's what Lexington reminds me of. Somebody out there is gonna get that and laugh really hard. The what's interesting is um, you know, it, it's small town, you know, small town America, um, there's not much else going on, right? So like little things like that, <laughs> like they make the whole the whole town like you build you probably you can build a parade around like the cannonball and the wall parade and, and like, <laughs> like the whole the whole town would show up and it's just that aspect of um that's like the highlight of of their of their year absolutely and before cell phones you know we had our cars mm. and we cruised town you know and uh had football fields painted in our yards <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, the driving around <laughs> thing re- uh, reminds me of uh, American Graffiti. I'm wondering if it was something like that. Yeah, it was very much kind of a, a, a newer form of that. Yeah. 
I uh, I had a s- station wagon. <laughs> Man, I would cruise. I would. I worked at Pizza Hut, and I would <laughs> blow my whole paycheck on fuel for my station wagon and just drive around the route. How many honk at your friends? <laughs> how many? How many people were? Uh cruising in, in station wagons oh i'm pretty sure i was the only <laughs> station wagon and people still remember it to this day actually it had uh gosh there was when i worked at pizza hut there were sticker machines at the time at pizza mm. hut and i started i don't know how it got started i guess i had some bumper stickers but i started putting some of those stickers on the back and all these little kids at pizza hut would come and be like here's a sticker for your car <laughs> so i'd put like so the back of it kind of looked like this hippie mobile for a while um, so it was very, it was kind of recognizable. It was, a, it was, it was puke green. So you, you couldn't miss it, but that was the thing back then. Everybody would cruise and, and there were kind of the rules about the cruising and honking and going to Sonic. Sonic that was like the cool thing. And there was the cool side of Sonic and like the not cool side of Sonic. And now you go back in town and, uh, it's like quiet and there's like no cars. I think you know, number one, I don't think kids just automatically get cars like they used to. You know, things are more expensive yeah. and gas and but uh, they're probably home on their phones. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I had this that same feeling when I when I go back to visit my parents. We grew up literally playing stickball on the streets like mm. it's crazy. Like and all the kids in the neighborhood would get together and it was probably 15 i mean we'd have enough to do like two teams of like running bases and uh, i don't know even if these games still exist but like uh tag or we used to call it ring alivio which is like a fancy tag or <laughs> uh, hide and go seek <laughs> high fancy hide and go seek it's, it's called ring uh-huh. i never understood why it's called ring alivio but um yeah just uh football street hockey um and it was just everyone, every kid in the neighborhood would come out. And then I go back and the, and the streets are dead now. And it's just like, and it's almost like I think there's an aspect of um, parents don't trust having their kids out on the street anymore or there's just less kids in the neighborhood or there's some combination of all that. And it's, I feel like um, it, it was, I don't know, not to sound Norman Rockwell-ish, but it's like a, it's a much simpler time. Yeah. And, and what's really scary is that we were you know, probably seen as spoiled and, you know, not doing everything outside like we could have back then. I remember my dad always talking about how, you know, we need to get out more and, you know, uh, you're so spoiled here, this air conditioning, because we never had air conditioning, you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And, you know, I, uh, it's scary. I did in my concert the other night with my choir kids, we did, the telephone hour, which is that um, telephone song from Bye Bye Birdie, you know, from the 50s. And so I got a whole bunch of old uh, telephone receivers for that uh, uh, performance. And we had to teach them. I had to teach them how to hold the phone <laughs> up against their ear. And they're like, shut up. What? This is like, what? That's funny. <laughs> Yeah, we take all oh that stuff for granted. I mean, like you, you can give a you can give like a, a five year old an iPad now, and, and within like minutes they'll just be mm-hmm. swiping and using it. And it is there's something that we're um, I don't know some sort of wire, hard wiring in us that you know we just naturally if if it's intuitive enough we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, and I imagine that the 
the user interfaces will just get more and more intuitive as you know now that they've got the virtual reality thing coming out um and there'll be holograms and I, I, stuff that like you know we can't even imagine right now i was wondering yeah i was actually having a conversation with somebody about this oh sorry yeah I think there's actually like a couple of seconds delay <laughs> on the, on the okay. which is <laughs> which is why it's like I stop and then you're like and then you're answering and then you stop and then I'm like oh that's that's funny. <laughs> um it was that reminds me of like um a Saturday night live skit and it was uh it was three people and there was one woman in the middle and then on the left was someone who's who could uh travel to the future and it was 30 seconds ahead of the rest of the world. And then <laughs> and the other person was uh 30 seconds behind the rest of the world i, w- I gotta find it to see if it's online or something but it was just like very juvenile and very hilarious just because the one guy would be like he'd sneeze and like the snot would come out of his nose um but <laughs> but it happens so it hadn't happened yet so the guy of this all the way on the right would be like freaking out like oh my god that's so disgusting disgusting and the one in the middle in the middle would be like what 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 and then you'd wait a, <laughs> and then you'd wait a couple of seconds later and then you'd see the guy sneeze so like he was reacting to something that was happening in the future, and the person in the middle was like freaking out, like what, 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 what? what? So I, that's kind of what's happening now. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of awkward. It's uh, like being a correspondent from uh, you know CNN or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, um, the the uh, the guy from the the anchor desk, he's like, yeah, so. So Patrick, tell me like what the, the 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 tornado is going like, and then you know you you sit you sit there in the camera for like at least well it seems like an eternity if you're watching it, and then he's just like, and then you're like answer the freaking question, and then you're like, yes yes it is it's a it's it's crazy the winds are are crazy here, and yeah I think we're getting out of that's that's it feels like old it, talking about old timey news, yeah <laughs> the kids are like what. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, talk talk to me a little bit about, um, you know, you, you mentioned your father an ex- as an example. And I'm wondering if there's um, any anyone else that comes to mind, like a, a relationship you've had with a, with a pastor, maybe even a current teacher or mentor who's had uh, also had an impact on your life. Um, gosh. I have, um, I mean, my family... Really, I mean, uh, my paranormal team that I had in in 2010 was my family. You know, um, we've always been a really close uh, bunch. And uh, actually, you asked earlier about my uh, connection with cemeteries too. And um, even though I wasn't really the paranormal nerd then, like I am now, but my grandma used to. One of my grandmas used to watch me a lot when my parents were working. And I got really close with my grandma, and she had a cemetery not far from her house, actually, in the, the middle of nowhere. And uh, um, that's where kind of my earliest experience with cemetery. She would pack me a lunch <laughs> sometimes, and I'd just, you know, go hang out in the cemetery, just go chill. Um, you know, I even remember we'd play like school or something you know out there in the cemetery even but no i uh that's kind of random sorry <laughs> um <laughs> family is really close and and they've kind of taken this interest in the paranormal kind of with me and uh, i think i bugged them for a while because i'm you know my mom always says you're just such a teacher 
because I'm training them and I'm, you know, giving them agendas and I'm, I'm giving them, you know, manuals on things. And they're like, we just want to have fun. You realize that, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fine, but we've got to be serious. Yeah. We've got to do it right. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely close with family and I've had my, uh, you know, different teachers growing up. Uh, it makes me so sad when <laughs> I'll even now I'll ask people, you know, well, you know, who was your so-and-so teacher? And they're like, well, uh, his name was, oh gosh, what was it? And I'm like, what? I know every single one of my teacher's names, you know? And, um, but yeah, I had, uh, several teachers that, um, influenced me and, or supported me in, you know, whatever way, uh, probably none of them imagined I would be such a a para nerd now, because this is kind of a, kind of later in life, random thing i suppose um well i i I wonder and i one of the reasons i asked that is obviously because you're a teacher now and i'm wondering as um you know you you obviously have the show and you teach as well do you think about the fact and have you seen people that maybe remind you of what you were like and and do you think about are you conscious of the fact that you can now have that opportunity to be a mentor to someone else Absolutely. Um, I mean, I have a ton of kids and sometimes I, um, it's always bugged me actually in the back of my mind that I can't really get to know each one of them like I would like to. It's it's a really large school and, uh, you know, in a, in a three-year rotation, I see almost every kid in the building. You know, it could be, you know, 700 kids. And, uh, <clears throat> but I do know that I relate to many of them in different ways. And, you know, middle school is so weird. And uh, every now and then you just have to sit down with them and be like, guys, like, I get it. You know, middle school is gross sometimes, <laughs> you know, and it's so weird. And you guys are little aliens sometimes. I love you, but you are. And I, you just need to know that it's cool. You know, don't uh, don't follow everything. And even if I don't tell them, I think by being – I'm always – Using the word nerd, I'm trying to turn the word nerd around. And I and I kind of had in my own little world, and we talk about being a nerd all the time. I'm sure some of them get tired of it. But I always encourage them to be at least three, three or four different kinds of nerd hmm. and rock it, you know, and own it. And uh, so I, I got to the point where I talk about it a lot. Um, just different random things that I'm nerdy with or a podcast nerd or a paranormal nerd or a techie nerd. And, um, and I get them talking about it now. And even if they don't, um, you know, I want them to go throughout their day. And if whatever it is, they're like, well, you know, if Mr. Keller can be a giant nerd. I mean, I don't know if they think that or not. They're probably like, oh God, old Mr. Keller. But, um, cause you know, I used to be way hipper than I am now, <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe in the back of their mind, they're like, you know what? It's okay. You know, but you, <laughs> you never know what the middle schoolers are thinking. <laughs> That's great because I think uh, nerds. First of all, nerds are nerds are cool now, and so I think it's it's not such um, a, a scarlet letter um, because nerds are basically ruling the universe at this point. <laughs> I mean, they are. Yes, uh, Steve Jobs and, and Mark Zuckerberg and every all these other people like starting these tech companies that are instant billionaires. So I think it gives them something to strive for, and I think the fact that you're able to support them. And show them that um, 
this period that they're going through because it, I mean, if, if you were anyone that's listening that remembers, you know, late seventh uh, and eighth grade and early high school, man, it's just awkward, awkward times. Ugh, gross. I mean, really? I mean, I, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I get, I, I remember all my teachers for sure, but I don't have a ton of, a ton of memories from middle school, specific memories. I mean, I guess I don't have a really good memory anyway, but. Um, I have way more memories from like elementary school and high school. It's that middle school that um, I guess maybe our brain to protect us <laughs> maybe sometimes blocks those things out. Yeah, I think I think so to avoid uh, mental trauma. <laughs> so um, as as you uh, as you think about the future of the show, um, wh- what do you think are going to be some of the, the biggest challenges as as you look to grow it? Um, well, right now I've. I've kind of had in general, just kind of a real steady growth. Um, uh, There's never been a moment where it's just all of a sudden been a jump. I guess that's not true. I've had uh, one random episode uh, about uh, a, some haunted history locally around here. And it was connected to a ghost hunters episode that was Hmm. coming out and just the right few people, kind of publicized that and shared that. And that was this huge, and I was like, really that randomly that one, why that one? Um, but uh, the last episode as of this, you know, recording that I did, um, it was like one of my, only my second on location type thing. And I really kind of loved it. And so I kind of feel like, um, and like I said, I'd, Lately, I've been so busy that I'm kind of going um, episode by episode, so I don't have a lot of plans for the future um, or guests. I just kind of, as it happens, it happens. But um, I'm kind of wondering if there's any way to... I went to this haunted schoolhouse mm-hmm. in uh, Alton, Illinois, that has this you know legend, and um, it's just this fascinating place, and it's like an hour away from me. And but it's it's like this cool art center now and a a business incubator and um and I went and interviewed them and just piecing together you know like we said again everything is so produced now the storytelling kind of thing and uh, and that's kind of different but um I'm just kind of wondering if I can do more of that you know that just seemed very cool and so I don't know that that's necessarily. I've always had a lot of solo episodes that aren't necessarily interview that I kind of intersperse into my episodes. So maybe I'm kind of in this transition uh, period. Maybe I'm not quite to two years yet. And so I don't know what two years had to do with it. But. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it's our show, so we can, we can kind of figure out what we can always try new things, right? We can always mm-hmm. see what works, what doesn't. And I think, your topic would seems like it would lend itself well to you know telling stories about locations. You know, uh, we were talking in the pre-show or, or maybe during this show about um, the interview I had with Bill uh, Bill Barrel on of Home Stories from LA. So it's kind of that same topic where you could be like, you know, the the, the paranormal story of X Town, Y Town, and you know, maybe as the show grows, you can uh, do do a Kickstarter and. Tell them you want to take the show on the road. <laughs> yeah. And I think it also might be um, an influence of 
uh, some buddies of mine, a lot of our listeners are the same. It's uh, the History Goes Bump podcast, and they their tagline is ghost tours for the theater of the mind. And so, um, you know, from their studio, they take you to a different place each time and uh, give you the history and the legend and maybe some of the the facts. And um, so you really kind of feel like you're there, you know, taking a tour. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's kind of that influence too. But if, I mean, there's pl- when there's plenty of, uh, you know, supposed haunted locations around, and uh, I don't know, I guess maybe it could be something like that. I might have to try. You never know. Yeah. Very cool. Um, what What's the uh, the one most misunderstood thing about you? The one most misunderstood thing about me. Oh, my God. You know, I prepared for <laughs> I prepared for what when's the last time you changed your mind? I want you to know that. Gosh. I figured, Man, I, figured you, I figured I, I figured you might, so I got to throw you for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. Um, I know that a lot of people. Um, I don't know if this is the most, but a lot of people probably see me as this. You know, I'm goofy, and I laugh a lot, uh, and I act like a giant middle schooler sometimes. But I am not real social. Maybe um, sometimes I I, I say I I, I want to be a recluse when I grow up. I think I could really rock the recluse life. Um, I would dig that. Maybe that's one thing. Um, I don't know. But that's good. Growing up, I mean, I loved. You know, kids would come over and be like, "Hey, do you want to come out and play?" I'm like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you know, and I think as I get older, uh, maybe that gets a little bit uh, worse. And, you know, now with the podcast, you know, I've always got something to do and focus on. And yeah. it's a very individual kind of <laughs> personal thing. So uh, not not to let your uh, homework go to waste, uh, what have you changed your mind about recently? Okay. Well, you know, um, first of all, as a middle school teacher, we change our mind like a hundred times a day. Probably. And um, actually, I shouldn't have even told you that I worked it up because my answer is really stupid now. (laughs) But um, really, authentically, like my answer is I decided to have uh, coffee with my dinner. Okay. Instead of soda. (laughs) Instead of soda. I hope you're impressed. That is my answer. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful about that question. You just never know what the hell you're going to get. And so... Um, that's interesting. <laughs> Actually, I had a backup. What was either what either, was my either either way? You're gonna be. I, I'm apparently the, the caffeine doesn't keep you up at night. No, um, I I mean I I definitely consume a lot of caffeine, and I'm not the healthiest person in the world. So, um, you know, I drink a lot of diet soda and everything too. But um, I can. I mean, here's. I mean, I know people are listening, but you know, here's my. I call this my flower pot sized. Mm. Um coffee cup and this is typical for me twice a day wow i can throw one of these back and when i'm ready go right to bed cool typically yeah i think that i think uh for the listener that was probably the equivalent of a uh venti no tall venti big gulp maybe (laughs) (laughs) uh on that note um Thanks for uh, taking the time to come on. 
You're welcome. I was really excited and pumped, and I was very honored to be asked. Yes. So I appreciate I'll I'll keep tweeting yes. for sure. Thank you. And uh, I imagine you'll be the first one to tweet about your own episode. So. <laughs> I better. I'll, I'll be like setting an alarm for like three o'clock that night just in case yeah, that, I sleep through it. That would be ironic <laughs> if you missed that one. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, Patrick, what's the best way for folks to track you down online? My website is bigseance.com. And, you know, all my links are there. And I'm also on Twitter at Big Seance. And uh, I, I think that's it. BigSeance.com is where, where it's at, pair nerds. And your local Ouija board, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, although, uh, you know, my followers know that I, I love the Ouija board, but I get nothing out of it. Uh. I, uh, I, I want something to happen so badly. And I have, I've. I've done a lot of experiments and stuff in spirit communication, and I've gotten spirit communication or what I feel is spirit communication, but it doesn't come from the Ouija board. Hmm. So when people are like, oh, my gosh, you shouldn't do that. It's so dangerous. And it's so da -da -da. I'm like, really? Because I'm using it as a coaster right now. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, not bothering me. <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you ask for. Yeah, I suppose you're right. All right. Thanks so much, Patrick. And uh, have a fantastic evening and uh a, a great holiday as well you too i appreciate it you rock All right. thank you sir you as well so hopefully we didn't spook you out too much with talks of the paranormal and ouija boards uh i had a fun chat with him and i'm glad i got the opportunity to bring him on the show because he's such a, an important supporter of the show and uh I really want to do what I can to support him in the podcast and again it's just one of those things that uh you know five months ago four months ago we didn't even know each other and we just you know began to engage on social media because he was devouring all the episodes and um i was just surprised it's a, it's a shock sometimes you know still when i see people dive in like that uh with both feet and uh he's definitely a regular listener so he he, he got it's the, it's the podcast about podcasters and then we have the uh, the fan of the podcast about podcasters, who's a podcaster, come on and uh, gets into a super meta rabbit hole at that point. But I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, so let uh, make sure you show uh, Patrick some love on social media. He's at Big Seance. Um, Podcast Junkies is a proud member of Podcastica. So make sure you check out podcastica.com to hear the shows, uh, the episodes from all the, the hosts that are doing really, really great work. We're working on the website as we speak. Um, and if not by now, then within the next week or two, we should have a brand new site up with uh, all the feeds from everyone's show. So right now it's a, it's a static site, but uh, there are things in the works there. Intro and outro music provided by Cedar and Soil. And um, don't forget to support the show. I had a little brain fart right there. Uh, yeah, support, subscribe, and then tell a friend, and then rate and review. And if you have questions about how to do that, then just the easiest thing to do is just head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes, and then all the good stuff happens there. If you can support the show, um, I know... There's a Patreon page I've talked about in the past, but I think the easiest way to do it, if you're going to do some shopping at Amazon, check out the uh, Amazon button we have on the main site 
and it has a link to all podcasting related equipment. And then we have the new uh, podcast podcastjunkies.com slash affiliates page, which you can check out as a way to show your support. I'm continuing to add uh, services that I use on a regular basis. So it's the same thing as me um, saying an ad before the show or after the show. Um, but this is just all those services in one place and with an affiliate link that helps um, provide some support for the show so I can pay for all the things that need to be paid for to bring this to you week in and week out. So I appreciate your help at all times, in all places, on all planets, in all dimensions, whatever that means. The retention hashtag. (laughs) It's been a long night. The retention hashtag is uh, Paranormal Patrick. That's a long one, so you might have to shorten your tweet. But Paranormal Patrick, I think, uh, would apply here. So uh, check it out uh, and tweet me at podcast underscore junkies and Patrick at Big Seance. Take care, guys. And I uh, hope we didn't give you any uh, cause for nightmares this evening. I doubt it. It was pretty harmless. See ya. See <laughs> ya.